This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Monday, February 22nd, and this is Season 5, Episode 25 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week, we have Lucas. Hello, hello. Kevin. What's up, guys? And Sam. Hey. Well, um, lots to talk about, and it's going to be another one of these like kind of uh, miserable conversations that we have to have, I think. Um, but we've got a, lots of terrific questions I want to get into with this uh with this conversation um, and we're going to just roll right in with a, co- a question right away and uh, t- take uh, our question from Kyle mates. Um, and it's kind of pertinent after we all kind of experienced yesterday. Um, and Kyle mates asks us on Twitter, uh, what do you do with the rest of your Sunday after an early morning Spurs turd? Uh, so what, what do you guys do with that? Uh, let's uh, start with uh, Lucas. Uh, so, like, yesterday was – it always sucks with those early morning ones like that, but usually I just go get a pizza and lock myself in my room and just binge watch something and fall asleep. But I gave up pizza for Lent, so I was very <laughs> disappointed. I had to make shift – I had to make shift some other kind of pity feast for myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, lose, losing those early morning games is always the worst because it just sets the tone for your day and just makes it a nightmare. Didn't you do like shamrock shakes or something like yeah, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did go. I got a couple <laughs> shamrock shakes, got those down, lowered, lowered those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was going to say, I, I swore I saw that. Like, Well, and actually, those of us that actually went to the Atlantic, uh, there was only all about four. Or all, all four, yes, all four we were there. all actually there because yeah. I made a first appearance in uh almost a year yeah but uh all of us that went i think most of us hung out for a while afterwards and kind of like uh had had our long conversation about our pain and suffering which sometimes i think it helps to get it out when you can uh immediately have conversations about the shit fest that you just watched um um and sometimes there's some positives that you can point to that make you feel a little bit better. But most of the time, it's uh, it's just finding something else to do. I, after we hung out for an hour or two, uh, I just went and picked up food at the grocery store and went home and uh, uh, took a walk later that afternoon. But that it, it, it never you never get that taste out of your mouth after that early morning one. So certainly you have a point, Kyle. How, how about you, Sam? Um, well, typically... Um, I just go home, take a nap, and wake up from the nap, like, drink some tea, and then maybe cook a little lunch. Um, that's what I did. It's a little bit harder this time around because er earlier in the season when we, or, you know, in the fall, you, you can, after watching us crap in the bed at, like, at 6 a.m. in the morning, you can take the nap and then watch the NFL. Unfortunately, 
that void was left um, after eating lunch. So I'm kind of left, okay, well, what am I going to do now? What's what's going to take my mind off off that early morning shit show, for lack of a better term, part of my language, but... Do we have, like, college basketball or something coming up? There must be something. March Madness starting soon. I think <laughs> yeah, next week. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, well, that might help some in the future. But uh, how about you, Kevin? You do anything? Uh, you you uh, got, your daughter woke up? or I ran, we, I ran home, and we went and looked at a house because we're in the process of buying a new house. And the one that we're in on is questionable, so... Still looking at a few, but uh, after that, I went home and continued drinking and watched golf all afternoon um, just to try to forget about soccer in general. Uh, and the golf was good. Went to a playoff because uh, Max Homa missed a three-footer on 18 to win, and then he ended up winning in two playoff holes. So I just kept the buzz going and watched golf. <laughs> Well, it helps to think about Liverpool suffering as well. I think that certainly is helpful to me. Arsenal yep. losing uh, kind of helped the afternoon a, a little bit on Sunday. But, yeah, it's it's one of those things like when we have those early morning, it's, uh, it sits with you all day. Um, but I think that's our lot in life here in the United States watching. Um, but I, I think it's probably a good point to move the conversation along. We have a lot to cover today. Um, and then we'll start by covering the, the Europa League match on this past Thursday, uh, February 18th. So um, this one was, uh, we, we sat Harry Kane, but had a relatively strong squad, though rotated. Um, this was a team that we felt like that we should be able to handle. Uh, we weren't playing in their city, um, so it was a third-party city. Uh, um, we were playing in Budapest as opposed to Austria, where the Wolfsburger was from. Um, and we came out with, I think, a pretty convincing 4-1 win, whether our performance was great or not. Um, uh, we certainly were able to handle them, and we got the, got the result there. Um, what did you guys think on this uh, match? Uh, I think Lucas was first. Uh, yeah, I think <clears throat> what you said right there about bringing up the performance uh, – that's the one bit that you could pick apart is did we actually look as good as you would expect from a four, one result? I think we got very lucky in a lot of spots, but um, basically job done in the sense that we really needed to go out there and probably just end the tie there. Um, so now we really don't have to even worry back coming back this Wednesday. I don't touch wood. I don't want to completely jinx us, but barring some kind of crazy collapse, like we should be fine and see ourselves into the round of 16. So, yeah, I don't think we looked as good as I would have liked to see, especially defensively. I think they had rattled a few crossbars, and there was a couple of moments there that that could have been a 4-3 or a 4-4 game. But um, I think we got the job done, and now we can kind of – we're not going to be forced to play Harry Kane or something like that on Wednesday. We can kind of just coast our way through it. Yeah, four away goals should be enough, right? Uh, Yeah, you would think. Theory, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with some of the things Lucas said. I think we, I, I didn't get to watch a lot of the second half, um, which I think is where they had a good bit of their chances. Um, but you know, what impressed me the most in the game was Gareth Bale. I think he looked really, really good. Delhi, I think, played pretty well in the 
half that I saw. Um, and look at, she said, you know, we didn't look great defensively. Well, when have we like recently? So, I mean, I don't know that that wasn't much of a surprise, especially with Winks and Sissoko in the midfield. Um, I still haven't seen Sun's goal because CBS like wasn't the CBS all access didn't have the game for some reason. Oh, uh, that was fucked up. Yeah. Like, like it, it didn't literally the reason I pay for it is for Europa league games. Like I don't use it for anything else. And like, the one game of the week I want to see isn't, d- doesn't even show. And I, somebody finally gave me a login for like Fubo TV or something where you could watch the Spanish speed, which was actually a lot of fun to hear, uh, the uh, Hispanic or uh, Spanish uh, announcers screaming Gareth Bale's name and goal for like five minutes. Um, but yeah, like, like Lucas said, job done should tie should be wrapped up, you know, knock on wood. That that was obnoxious. Like uh, that happened to us at the bar and I'm, I just kept refreshing the CBS all access and said like, what, what the fuck's up with this? Like, uh, you, you're you're going to make it a streaming only option. Luckily, we ended up switching, and it was on um, a, a separate channel in Spanish and uh, on the actual TV, so we were able to switch it and watch it that way. Um, but and eventually, it did come back up on CBS All Access, so we were able to get the English version of eventually. But it, uh, we just opted to keep it with the TV because we were getting better image, but frustrating that that happens uh especially if you're going to demand that we all go to streaming services which i have no problem with if you make it accessible but like when you forget to put the game up for 15 <laughs> minutes that's fucked up um it was ours and the united game yeah like two of the biggest weird. games of the on the day that were the ones that they forgot to put up it's yeah it's, it's fucking ridiculous but, um uh sam um just got echoing the statement for the third time. Job done. I mean, we came in, we we won four one. We took care of business, which was you know, building up a a big away goal advantage coming into the home tie, which is something you always want to do. But uh, I wasn't a. I was at work during the game, so I went and watched the replay. So was able to look at it from a perspective. Knew what the score was going to be. I I had gotten the score like before watching it, so I was able to really kind of just watch and see how we played, what went down, and I just left that game kind of feeling that a more clinical team would have probably could have scored, could have easily scored more goals, maybe possibly even beaten us. Um, so that I I mean I was glad that we won, but I didn't have many good feelings about our defense, which I, it's kind of been an ongoing theme for the past month, unfortunately. Right. Defense certainly seems to be one of our biggest problems. Lucas? Uh, I think the thing that I was most impressed with, um, again, like if you had told me we're going to have Winks and Sissoko start in the midfield and we're going to win 4-1, I'm taking that deal every time. <laughs> you tell me we're going to have those two and we're going to get four goals, like I'll take it. Um but I was I was impressed with the way that we actually came out and had that. I know it sounds kind of silly, but like you'd expect us always to want to go try and score goals. But as of late, we have some of these days where we show up and we waste forty. Like 
we'll get into West Ham, but yesterday we didn't have our first shot on goal until the 43rd minute, I think it was. So I, I loved that we came out against uh, Wolfsburg on Thursday last week, and it looked like we were aggressive and hungry and trying to at least create opportunities for ourselves and get those away goals. And it worked. We were able to throw four of them in. So I, I did like that at least we came out with that mentality. I'd like us to see, or I'd like to see us do that on a more regular basis, of course. Yeah, and, and you guys pointed out that Bale's performance was was nice to see here, and we'll get we'll talk about him some more certainly when we talk about uh, West Ham. But I wanted to go into a uh, a question that we had from Ben Foster, kind of relates to this, but I, it's more of a general question. But I think this is a good place to ask it. Um, so Ben Foster asks us on Facebook, "It's been a tough season. What is keeping you going?" First, me, it's top four. A good Europa run with some top-tier matchups, and, and I couldn't care less about the cup. Uh, love the show. Keep rocking. Uh, so uh, what do you guys think on uh, Ben's question? So what is keeping you going? Is it top four? Is it Europa League at this point? Is Europa all we have to look forward to? Uh, Kevin? Uh, I don't know if it's all we have to look forward to, but it's definitely what seems the most attainable. Uh, so I'm putting more of my eggs in that basket than trying to finish top four or even the league cup. Like I know we're in a final, but we're playing city who is like probably the best team in Europe right now. Um, and they're without Kevin De Bruyne. So, I mean, they're only going to, and he's back in training. So I don't really feel excited about that. Like I'm hyped that we're in a final, but it's like, it's really hard to get excited for that. Um, so, I mean, I'm definitely looking at Europa League fixtures and, like, looking down the road and trying to figure out, you know, like, what kind of chance do we have? And, I, I mean, it, you know, there's some good teams left, but I think they're teams that we could, you know, get by no matter what, um, in a, especially in two legs. Um, so I think that's what I'm putting my – my eggs are going in that basket, I guess. But I still think there's – you know, opportunities in the league. I mean, the rest of our schedule in the league is is not too difficult. Um, I I, could, I think we only have, like, three really, like, what you would call, like, tough matches. I mean, every, every match in the league for us looks tough right now, I guess. But, like, on paper, we could go on a pretty nice run in the league here coming up. Um, so, there, you know, there's a lot to look forward there, too. And, it's you know, with the way that we've been performing – and, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into it, but the drama surrounding Jose Mourinho and his, is he going to be here? Is he going to get fired? Are we going to, you know, what's going to happen with him? I think that's kind of what I'm also looking forward to. Uh, that's a big, you know, end of the season storyline that I'm, you know, it's going to be very, he has to save himself. And it's going to be interesting to see what he, how he responds. It's, 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 there, there is a certain drama uh, that's going on right now that, that's kind of outside of the, the game. Yes, the performances influence it, but uh, but it's kind of like this drama that we're all just watching on screen right now to see how it all plays out. So good point there. Uh, Lucas? I think uh, for me personally, there's a couple of little checklist items that I want to see happen for the rest of the year. Uh, I, I like the idea. I want to stay ahead of Arsenal. Um, that's obviously just it's not the end all be all, but personally I would really like to finish above them. And I think it'd be hilarious. Especially because like, they're, they're shit. Yeah, if they finished like 14th and we finished 13th or something, I think that'd be <laughs> hilarious. But um, 
I just want, I want to stay one spot ahead of them just to rub it in on them. But uh, I, I would like to think that the top four, you never know with the Premier League. Like, sometimes crazy shit can happen. But I just think based on our track record and how we've been spiraling, I, I just don't see us finishing top four. And I think our best way in the Champions League is going to be Europa. And in terms of the League Cup, I kind of agree with what Kevin was saying. I know I was, I was joking before we started the podcast when we were talking about you have to win nine games or you have to play nine games, including the final in Europa at the start of the knockout stage. And I was like, I like the odds of trying to win nine games against some good opposition, like good opposition, as opposed to playing one 90 minute game against city. I'll take the nine games every time. Like I just, I can't imagine a world we go out there and we give city anything less than just getting smacked. So, uh, well, to be fair, like we've handled city pretty well. Yeah. Like uh, we've actually have a fairly good record against city. When you compare like them to our record against Liverpool over the last two years, um, We've handled them pretty well, so that's a big statement too. That, that like, I don't yeah. take nine games over the one game against team team that we've kind of pulled some magic out uh, against lately. Um, but I definitely think I think Europa is a path that we can. I, I think it's a doable path where you never know what kind of draw you can get. Look at the look at the League Cup itself. How we got to the final of the League Cup, we had one game canceled. We just had to beat Chelsea at home, and then we got two championship teams, and bam, we're in a cup final. So you never know. Sometimes the draws can favor you. We could maybe get uh, some lower, like we get like a, another like Maccabi, whoever from Israel or something. We you can get some easier teams. Uh, and if the draw favors us and is friendly towards us, we can find our way in the semifinal before you know it. So I definitely think Europa, and I trust Jose to manage a two-legged tie more than any other manager. So I think even though things aren't looking that bright for us right now, I think if we can just keep our head focused on Europa and keep getting those results, we could find ourselves with a European trophy and a place in Champions League. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like when you, we, And I'm sure we'll talk about Jose and his future with the club at some point this episode with some of the questions that we have. But, um, but if there's one thing that the man is good at, it is these uh, like two-legged cup competitions and, and knockout competitions and just... Uh, finding a way to grind out results there. So um, I could see him even just putting the league aside at this point and then focusing on the, the two cups that we're still in and, and trying to come away with silverware. And uh, that's what he did at United. That, that's his way to save himself. Right. Uh, um, Lucas. Yeah. Just quickly. But I, I would ask you guys, like, would you guys consider that a good, if we finish 12th, let's say, but we win the league cup and we win Europa, I would take that. We win the oh, league cup in Europa. Yeah, I would yeah. take that. Oh 100%. yeah, yeah. That's, and I so, mean, like, and that's that's what I kind of keep trying to remind myself is, I think we went a little bit too fast. We got too good too fast, and we're having good results in the fall. That I don't think was an accurate depiction of how actually good we were as a club. I think we were kind of punching above our weight class a little bit because if you to- again in the summer, like right before we were about to start the season, like none of us had high hopes for the season. None of us thought we were going to be anything more than a mid-table team and hopefully try and win a cup. So right now, we still have two cups that we could possibly win. And by winning one of them, it would guarantee we're in Champions League. So if you told me winning the League Cup, winning the Europa with getting a spot into Champions League, like I would take that 10 times out of 10. Well, I, and I think like we, we had like uh, a- after we were kind of all like, eh, not, not so high on the, the squad – 
then we got Reggion and and Bale, and then we were like, okay, well, will these guys come around and really form part of the squad? Maybe we actually will have something, and then we got the, our our hopes up because of that performance at that time. Um, and certainly, we had injury woes that kind of led to where we're at now. But now, like we're getting out of those injury wo- woes, and it doesn't seem like we're fixing this problem at all. Um, so it's it's kind of like this weird dichotomy that it's really tough to tell at this point. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if next week we come out and the, and the whole season turns around and we look like a great squad again. Or I wouldn't be shocked if we lose the next four and 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 uh, you know everything's trash. But uh, but regardless, I think this is probably a good way, place to go to MVP LVP on this uh, uh, Wolfsburger match. So. Uh, let's start with MVP, and we'll start with Sam first. I'm going to go with Gareth Bale. Um, liked his performance. Um, um, he he was really our, um, other than Son in the first half, our best attacking player going forward, and that's what we did well in this match. So definitely going to go with him. Okay, that's a good call. Oh, let's go with uh, Kevin next. Uh, Gareth Bale. Uh, for sure, uh, that cutback he made, especially because if you watch leading up to that cutback, he like tells, I think it's Doherty that's uh, got the ball, and he's like, put the ball here, and I'm going to go just take care of it. And uh, he did. That cutback was just fucking sexy. It was like prime bail. Uh, and it just, it, it makes you wonder why he's not playing more. <laughs> you know, when you when you see him do things like that, and you're just like, get this man on the pitch. Like we have no, we have no ideas and he's got them, you know, like, and he, yeah. even if he, even if he doesn't have them, put him on every single free kick because no one else on our team can fucking take a free kick to save their lives. Um, so I think, I, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I, I got a feeling it's going to be a cl- clean sweep for, for Gareth Bale. Are we doing LVP or are we coming back around? Uh, well, uh, we got to go Lucas next. And okay. I, I'll just say I'm with you. It's Bale. Uh, but Lucas... I'm with, yeah, I'm bail 100%, but I just did want to give a quick shout-out to Doherty. I thought Doherty played well, and it was nice to see. Cause Probably the best game gonna... in for sure. Yeah, and if Serge is going to be out for a while, we need Doherty to be continue to step up like that. So definitely yeah. bail, but shout-out to Doherty. Well, in... Serge or somebody put on uh, Instagram post a picture of Serge and said, like, I'm back. So I think he's he might be back, So and we need him as much yes, as yes. if he left the locker room, I hate him. But he's definitely our best option there. Yeah, well, um, and good shout there, Lucas, with Doherty. And um, as much as I, I would take Bale, like we'll we'll mention that, like uh, with West Ham, we did our halftime sub, which is Bale and Doherty, and that that definitely improved things. So maybe there is something to be said for um, he's providing something, or maybe he's just providing actually being able to play the position, which the guys that we've been playing there can't seem to, you know, we're playing people out of position there for the most part um, without, without, um, without surge. So, uh, but good shot there. Does anybody have an LVP for this one? I mean, it's four one, but uh, it looks like uh, I think Sam was up first. Uh, Sissoko for giving away that penalty. It was kind of a chippy call, but it was really unnecessary what he did. And it could have been a clean sheet. We could have had four away goals going into this um, to this um, home tie. 
and uh, which that would be like a vacation for us. Yeah. Okay. Good show, uh, Lucas. Uh, he said everything I was going to say. Same exact thing. Okay, Kevin. CBS All Access. Oh yeah! <laughs> well, I like your album. Yeah, I'm glad I waited for mine because they'll pick it as well. <laughs> CBS all, all Access is my LVP as well. Um, well, uh, good conversation there. But let's go into the West Ham match. Um, so uh, early Sunday morning here in Chicago, six six a.m. We we all go out to the pub to to watch this match. Um, uh, we we got to see the night before uh, Liverpool's collapse, uh, um, where everybody's uh, saying Liverpool in crisis, and k- kind of uh, I-, I think like stoked, like well maybe there's a chance that we can start to catch up to these top four teams and and, and compete. And this is a West Ham that's uh, sitting in that those places, probably the best West Ham se- team I've I've seen, um, and. Um, it feels like an opportunity. Um, and I was feeling hopeful coming into it. I was thinking like, you know, I think we can come out and, and if we play them well, this could be our turning point. Um, and then, and then we, we just give up that stupid early goal. Like the defense looks terrible. I don't know what Sanchez is doing. Uh, um, it looked like he wasn't marking him. Sun wasn't doing any type of defensive role, which I know is not his strong suit, but, like if if Sun had just marked the man and or Sanchez had had a plan for defense whatsoever, he looked like he had just he didn't know where he was supposed to be, um, and we give up this like uh, stupid early goal and then we're chasing the match. So uh, uh, Kevin, uh, we'll start with you on this. Yeah, I think like Reggion gets just murdered in the corner. Now I don't know if it's even I don't think it's a foul, but like all of our guys just stopped. And, like, we're looking at the ref, like, are you going to blow the whistle? And then they just let him I, – I don't remember who whipped the ball in. Uh, but, and I mean, Antonio just, you know, gets a touch on it. Hugo makes a great save. You could argue maybe he should have come out and punched that away, the original ball. But I think it's a pretty good ball. I think that's harsh on Hugo to, like, blame it on him because uh, he does make a really good reaction save and obviously can't do anything with the second one it's a tap in um but you know i think the first half we just looked like this team that we're all complaining about and then brought on uh bale and doherty and changed the game and i think if we hadn't have given up that goal to our uh, lingard's goal right at to start the half i think you know maybe maybe we get three points out of this um because I, I think we would have had a bit more confidence. But, you know, it's it's just – it's so frustrating that we have to go down 2-0 before we, like, wake up every fucking week. Like, why is that – like, yeah. why can't we just come out ready? You know, it's just – it's it's so frustrating to watch. It's, and you wonder, like, what is Jose saying in the locker room to these guys before they walk out onto the pitch every week? Because it doesn't seem like he's inspiring anybody to, like, be ready. and that's like supposed to be one of the things he's the best at is his man management and everything. And I think he's really, I don't know if it's his ego or what, but I think he's, I think that's his biggest struggle for us. People will talk about the tactics and everything, but like we've shown that even with the tactics, we can attack and score goals when, when players want to. 
and it's just him he needs to get them to want to right out of the gate instead of facing some sort of adversity to like get a fire under him and and you had a good point if we if we had equalized this match uh, like i think it's a completely different match like uh, then we make those attacking changes and uh, and, and they can't sit back on us uh, like they kind of were able to. I mean, they gave us 62% possession. Most of that was in that second half after they were up two goals, and uh, they, they could just kind of defend their lead at that point. Um, uh, Lucas? Uh, I think <clears throat> the first thing was, like, team selection. Uh, I don't want to throw Jose under the bus because I am a big Jose backer, and I think that we still need to give him time and all that, but he keeps making these like selection decisions that I don't really understand where by putting that lineup out there yesterday, it, it like why we didn't have a right back. Like how were we expected to try and go forward and get like get balls in the box and create opportunities and chances? Um, I didn't understand. I thought the reason that he pulled bail off in the 60th minute against Wolfsburg was so that he could play today or yesterday. And then we don't put him in until we're already down a goal. It's the second half. And then all of a sudden we're down two nil, and now it's like, hey, Bale, go save us. And I, I don't understand where, when you have like we were talking about this yesterday at the pub, where you have guys like Lucas and Lamella. Lucas and Lamella have one thing that they do when they're out there, which is just drive the ball forward. But they're also where like attack goes to die, unless it's the Lucas goal against Wolfsburg, where he just happens to weave through everybody and slot it in. That happens once out of a hundred. The other ninety-nine times he drives forward and then loses the ball. So when we have a guy like Bale on the bench or even Delhi, guys that think outside the box and can be creative and try and find ways to score that aren't just – if you're going to have Lucas out there, don't have Lamella. If you're going to have Lamella, don't have Lucas. You can't have two guys that are doing the exact same thing while you have guys like Bale and Delhi sit there on the bench, and those are guys that could provide creative outlets for Son or Kane. And it's just I, – I don't understand tactically, especially now that we're up four – if you're going to say, ah, oh, well, he didn't want to give Doherty because Doherty just played and we have Europa. It's like, we got a 4-1 lead in Europa and we're coming back to London. Play the game to, like, play on Sunday and then you can sub whoever you want. You can throw the U21s out there on Thursday. So I just, for me, the team selection right off the gate is where I was most critical of Jose because it just, it seems like we wasted an entire half of football before we actually started the game. It seems like he's rewarding people who give a shit that play with all their heart, but... uh but that's not always the best method. Like you need certain skill sets out there and we're not taking that into account. Kevin. Yeah. Like I can't believe, like I thought Bale would start this game, but I really would have liked to see Delhi start, had a good performance on Thursday. The guy needs some confidence. He needs to get out on the pitch. And granted when he came on, he didn't play great or anything, but that's, you know, he's coming on. I think he came on in like the 77th minute. So, He's coming on for 20 minutes or whatever. Uh, but to just give him that start, I think, would have just propelled him, you know? And to just it, – we've seen this with Jose th- a lot, I feel like, is, like, you get these guys, they have a good performance, and then he benches them. And it's like, what? Like, well, I, I it, there's no – I can't wrap my head around that, like, thought process and where – I mean, I'm not – it's hard for me, the fat guy in the pub who's, like, yelling at a TV to be, like, uh, saying Jose's a moron. But, like, it feels that way sometimes. Like, it feels like, what is he doing? Like, what is he thinking? And 
yeah, one of those two of Bale or Delhi, Bale or Delhi, should have been in the starting lineup for sure. I totally agree with you there, Lucas. Uh, Lucas, uh, I'll let you reply, and then we'll go to Sam. Yeah, I <clears throat> like the one thing that like with like Jose, and I, I don't want to throw him under the bus completely, but at the same time, I'm like. I gotta put some on this on these players, man. Like, I like Sanchez has made himself. He might be the most useless center back in the Premier League. Forget just Spurs. Like watching him play, and that's where I get confused with the team selection. Like Kevin had mentioned, you have some guys play really well. Like Vinicius has scored every game he's been in, basically, or he's had a goal or an assist every time he's ever had an appearance, and then he doesn't get a consecutive appearance. So he's got to be sitting there thinking, "What the hell do I have to do to get a minute?" You have Doherty who goes and plays. Like, well, on Thursday, doesn't start. Delhi, I thought, had a great performance on Thursday. Doesn't get to play until the last couple minutes yesterday. And then you got guys like Sanchez. And I'm like, what the hell has that guy done to ever say, I deserve to put this shirt on, let alone go play? Like, he oh, is the worst. played against a top four team that's, like, scoring yeah. goals left and right against people. You know, it's not like we were playing Brighton or somebody and you can, like, throw him out there and hopefully he can do a job. Like, it's, it's mind-boggling. He literally made himself a meme against Man City. He's going to be immortalized as the trips and falls over himself and lies face down in the grass guy. Look like dead. He is, yeah, it's just – so I don't understand what these players have to do week in and week out, like week out that is basically allowing them to be – I just – I don't get what the selection process is anymore. I, I get it with the attacking players. I think with our defensive players, like I think our whole defensive <laughs> – back line is either trash or just not experienced enough i think you, like the rodons of the world might be something in the future but and he's also, not even on the bench in the, yeah, like you know yeah but i also uh, i also think that there's an issue with how we were playing them and rotating them like i would almost rather that we have um two guys that like whether they're our best guys or not whether like it's dire rodon like, those are the guys that we're going to go to we're going to give them all the premier league games we're going to have them play in the same fucking position and not switch them back and forth and flip them to left to right and uh, into the center back positions and just let them learn to play with one another. But it's just like two different guys every time. It's two different positions like Toby Dyer flipping from left to right. Like it's it, it's chaos and the defense is trash right now. Um, and I would rather have some consistency than this mess. Not that I I think we're going to be bad regardless, but, and we're going to be uh, uh, like the dyers of the world are going to make a lot of mistakes. Um, But I think there's got to be a better method to get something out of this defense than what we're doing right now. Uh, uh, I think Sam uh, uh, is next. Yeah. Like again, the team selection, like I, can't bear to see this Dyer Sanchez pairing in defense anymore. I mean, I know Toby's not what he was, but he is experienced and he can give you some quality. And why not run Rodan out there for some Premier League games? Yeah, he's probably going to make mistakes, but let's face it, we've seen enough in some other games to know that, hey, one or two years down the line, he could probably be something for us. I Like, we... And Sanchez, and Sanchez makes mistakes. Dyer makes mistakes. It doesn't – who cares if he makes mistakes? Yeah, those guys, those guys have had their chances. Let's give this guy his chance and let him try to become a better player. Uh, uh, Kevin? 
Yeah, uh, to go back to your point, Anthony, about two guys, like probably the best defense I've seen at Spurs is playing Toby and Jan literally every fucking game, right? Like they had a partnership. They know each other. Um, I think that's so important with center backs, like having that connection. And, I mean, obviously that's like a much deeper connection than almost any center backs because they've known each other like their whole lives, grew up in in the Belgium system together. Uh, played at Ajax, every, you know, like everything is like they're in sync. But with Rodon, is that how you say it, by the way? Is it Rodon? Does anybody know? Rodon. Yeah. Rodon. Like, I just call him Joe. Yeah, he plays <laughs> against Liverpool. He makes the one mistake, and Jose, after the game, said he had a fantastic game and he made one mistake, but he he played well. And I don't have we seen him at all since that. Has he stepped foot on the pitch since that game? Like, that makes – it's another thing. And, you know, when Jose's supposed to be this defensive guru that's going to come in and get you organized and everything, we – this is like the least organized defense I might have ever seen <laughs> since I've been a Spurs fan. And that's going back to, like, you know, Sherwood and some some pretty, some pretty uh, questionable defenses. Like, this is just – out of control. Like you said, Anthony, it's chaos back there and nobody ever knows who the four are going to be. And there's not really a four that any of us are ever going to feel comfortable with. I don't think, you know, like right now, um, what is, what do you guys think is our best four defensive players? Uh, Lucas, we'll let you answer. Uh, Oh yeah. Back four. I would say the thing I would want it to be Regulon. I'd want it to be Serge RA. I'd want to see Toby and I'd want to see Dyer. Dyer plays better when he's with Toby. When he plays with Sanchez, it's a clown show. Yeah. And I just – I wanted to just quickly add, though, um, I think our defense – like, our our center backs right now is uh, – they're – and it's a circus. But I think it's as bad as it is because of our lack of midfield. I think we get – like, they have so much consistently to deal with because – and it's not just West Ham yesterday. Like when you see West Ham got the ball, they were flat. Like the amount, if they get the ball at the edge of their box, they're in our box within six or seven seconds. There is nothing stopping them. And it's just, it's an open, there's nothing in front of our defense to try and shield them or anything. It's just absolute slaughter at our back line. Whereas we get the ball and we have this, like trying to figure out passing it back and forth, doing this and that, like, working the ball back to Hugo. And then we are so slow throughout the midfield when we have the ball, but when the other teams have the ball, we have nothing in the midfield to stop them from just going right to our back line and isolating guys and picking guys off like Sanchez and Dyer and slotting balls through where Ben Davis is getting smoked and stuff like that. And then, like I said, it's not West Ham. You look at all the teams we've played. Wolfsburg just walked through with ease. You had Fulham and Brighton teams of that caliber. were just walking through our mid like midfield with ease. So, I think our defense gets – rightfully so, I don't think they're a good defense, but I think they get a really bad, like, slagging because of the fact that we have no midfield to actually protect them and keep the ball in the other team's half. Well, I, and I agree with you, but, like, when you look at, like, our the players that we have there, two of our irreplaceable players, Hoiber and and Ndombele, are in the midfield, but it's – it's more this, uh, like, we have no outlet of from that midfield. Like, uh, and 
and Dombele is not Musa Dembele, and and I think that's what we truly need to make this team work. Like the guy that just can can dribble, but also is always going to deliver the ball to the that that attacking band, and and maybe it's that you have had like a Christian Eriksen in his prime that could receive that ball and and find a find a pass to to the hurricanes of the world, uh, to in Delhi alley to make the, that attack work back then. Uh, but it's just certainly not working. Hoy bear doesn't have that pass, but he does have that defensive skill. Like uh, he's certainly better than Wanyama was back in the day. But, um, but, but yeah, there is some kind of midfield disconnect here going on too. And maybe that we thought that was going to be Lacelso who can't stay healthy, but, uh, Kevin, uh, what do you think? I just wanted to hit on Ndombele. I think we got to remember he's still he's 24. Like he's gonna he has that uh, Dembele like power, like strength. Like he can keep anybody off of him. Yeah. I think he just his that where he like you said where he lacks is sometimes his passing is just a little erratic. I think would be a word for it. It's like he does this awesome thing and then he's like. Oh shit! I got to make a good pass here, and then it just—he—it's he, like he thinks too much about it or something. That's gonna come with more experience, a couple more years under his belt. I mean, I, he's gonna be an, an absolute beast, like in a couple years. So I don't think that's like a necessarily a hole. It's kind of an inconvenience right now, and it sucks that like it's something we really need at the moment. But I don't know. I don't think there's like a fix. I think it's uh he just needs to keep playing, learning, getting better, and because I mean we've already seen him get immensely better just with us, and I mean, you know, I mean I think he's come a long way. You know, his physicality is there. Like the way he can get out of like when there's three or four guys around him is insane. Like that he can just like do some crazy turn, and he's like not just getting out of it, but he's like in open field after it, which is. It's just I love watching that guy play, but I will say I think he was invisible against West Ham. I don't remember what he did in that game at all. Yeah, well, I I think there might be a method that we could develop to try and get something more out of it in Dombele, and I think it would be like you have to make the outlet for him, like the the person that he can like bully his way through that midfield, hold the ball. Nobody can take it off him, and that that person that he can pass the ball can that can make that that clinical pass to the attacking band. Because uh, I don't know that he he's making those through balls that that we need out of somebody who's like to to get the ball out of the midfield and like he can hold it in the midfield, um, but I don't think he can um, get it out of the midfield. Um, and maybe that it. It is um, a Gareth Bale if you played him more centrally, or or, or maybe it is a Deli Ali if you gave him gave more trust to him that, that, that those guys could could be that midfield outlet that could uh, spring these attacks um, and and kind of uh, make us a little bit more effective in that midfield. But yeah, it's certainly a problem. That, uh, certainly a good point and certainly a good point of conversation. But I want to shift it to a question that we have. Um, that comes from uh, Glenn on Twitter. Um, and Glenn asks us, uh, where does everyone stand on the current state? 
Is it coach's fault? Is it scheme? Is it the player's fault? If the coach is to blame, who is your replacement and why? If it's the players, who do you move or look to sign and why? Um, so uh, I think I looked up and Lucas's hand was up, so I'm going to go with Lucas. Uh, yeah, as you guys know, I'm a Mourinho backer, so I believe in, I believe he is the best guy for us moving forward to get the job done. But I think what I've, I've come to realize in the last six months or so that it doesn't really matter who you put in there. I think it's a system problem with us and how we spend and how we buy. We have so many things that we need to address. And this isn't Jose's fault. Since we've walked in or since he's walked through the door, we haven't been good enough. The players here are not good enough and you have to have a massive rebuild. But you can't just patch a few holes while the other holes like you have to actually address the entire problem and you have to spend. And that's something that we're never going to do. So I don't care if you put Jesus Christ as our manager, we're not going to spend and Levy's not going to spend. That means we're going to have to keep making the best with what we have. And sure, we'll get an Ndombele and we, we have to hope that every one of our signings hits because if we're only getting like two or three guys a summer and spending under, like what did we spend a net of this we all said this was like our best window ever in the summer. 60 million, and I think 60 million it, pounds. Yeah, we, we had a net spend of, yeah, it was, we like, you're, you're fixing a few holes, but you're leaving other holes gaping. And if I asked you right now, how many players do you think we would need to purchase to make our team feasible? I would say we need a couple center backs. We need a left back, a right back. We need a couple wingers. Hugo's getting old, so we might be having to replace him soon. There's probably like seven or eight things that we need to do. So bringing it, putting a new manager in there, unless we can actually fix the problem, which is that we don't have good enough players, I just don't see what it's going to really do. I think our best shot is to just give them time and see what, see how it plays out. And I'm not saying that that doesn't frustrate. Like watching us play frustrates the life out of me, just like it does you guys. But I think that. I just I don't think it's a managerial issue. It's the fact that we're not good enough. We don't spend. Uh, Kevin, where do you fall on this? Uh, I just wanted to touch on the transfers. Um, looking at transfer market, we net spent this summer over a hundred million dollars. Uh, which it seems crazy to me, but I mean, they're calling list. Yeah, I think some of these are like. Lacelso was from from the prior window, but it it falls under the same year. Right. Yeah. So uh, I guess it's so that's going to make it like eighty million or something if you get rid of him. But and then the one before that, I think we that was over a hundred. So to say we don't spend, I think, is a little. I mean historically we definitely don't spend right but it does seem like recently we've spent a little bit more i think the main thing though is we're not ever going out and spending a lot on one guy right like and is like our most expensive player right at like 68 million or something like that when it's all said and done um i i just i forgot that we even owned ryan sessignon you know we spent like 33 million on him like that's an insane purchase to me that just that's one that we needed to pan out and he just hasn't. Um 
Well, he but, still could. Like I, I think the low. Yeah, he's still there. very young. But I have, I have. Have any of y'all even seen how he's doing? He's at Hoffenheim, right? Well, he's well, doing pretty John, well there. John's been covering him pretty well for us. Like when he does his like monthly segment, and he has is actually performing well. I think he had a bit of an injury setback, but but he's been doing pretty well there. Uh, uh, but uh, let's go to Sam next, and then Lucas. I mean, it's it, I. I agree with you guys the, it's right now we don't have the players to really um, just like there's not much quality and depth you know we have two two players who I would definitely say are world class Son and Harry Kane um, Harry I, and I was saying this yesterday during the match like Harry Kane is focused he, he has to do so many things during a game when his main focus should be scoring goals. He, he shouldn't have to worry about defending. He shouldn't have to worry about creating. He should just be worried about scoring goals. It's great that he can do all those things, but as we saw in like a few games in this calendar year, um, when he was out, when, when he's in and when he's performing at his best, it kind of covers up how little quality and depth that we have in in midfield and defense. Yeah. No, he certainly, like, he's our best defender on uh, set pieces. Like, um, uh, Lucas? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, back to, like, the point about the spending thing, though, just, I think, I, I didn't want to misspeak if I said we're not spending. We, we just aren't spending at the level that other top clubs currently are. And you see that it it makes a difference. Like Chelsea spent two hundred and fifty million dollars or something this like summer, and we're like sitting here nickel and diming Southampton to try and like get Hoybear for a trade. Like it's just we're not doing it the way that other teams of that stature and the level that we want to get to, winning trophies, uh, being in Europe. It's just competing for the league, and you see when we have like when you get. Like other teams rumored, like oh, so and so is going to be like United or City is looking at this massive European player, and we're sitting there being like, oh God, Skip comes off loan next year. Like that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem, and that's not a knock at Skip, but like if we're all excited about Skip coming back from loan from Norwich, we're clearly not at the same level that other teams are. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's go, a quick point from Kevin, and then I'll jump in. Yeah. Um, just a. Uh harp on what we're all going on with transfers like i think we lost out on bruno fernandez for like five million dollars and like he's had more goals and assists since joining united than i think anybody in the premier league and in i think he's in like the top five in europe or something like that um and levy was worried about five fucking million dollars for a guy who could have come in and literally changed our team we talk about an outlet, like, that's the guy you get the ball to and he creates. Like, I know a lot of those goals are penalties and people are going to harp on that, but, like, if you watch that guy, he is fun to watch. Like, he's creative, he picks out passes, he can shoot, and, I mean, it's just it's just that kind of thing that we see over and over. It feels like we're, we're missing out on these guys that then turn into world beaters wherever they go. And it's like, fuck, if Levy just opens the first strings a little bit more, maybe we have a couple of those guys. Yeah, well, 
just to answer the other part of this question, and uh, are we re- ready to blame the manager? And, and I do have a lot of blame for. We've talked about some of the um, team selection issues, like the the unwillingness to use people like Deli Ali or Bale. I think as much as we like the way he's showing improvement and improved health, I think we need to start taking advantage of that to to start winning games in all competitions. Uh, and yes, you have to manage the time that you're going to have him play. You can't have him play like uh, uh, 180 minutes a week, but, um, but I think we can get more out of players like him right now. And I think we need those types of players. So I do have some issues with him. Um, I'm not quite ready to separate from Jose yet. Like I, I definitely like the, the run of results that we're on, it's been a miserable performance and I do have fears that he's lost the squad. Um, and similar to how Potts lost the squad uh, last season. And uh, and uh, I was ready to separate with him at that point. And I do think, like, I am about three or four maybe Premier League matches away from saying, like, yes, I am ready to cut ties if this continues. If he doesn't find a way to turn this around, Um uh, then I might be, and I know there was a bit of a rumor that came out tonight uh, that, like, uh, that he might have four matches left to, 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 re- to, to fix this problem, and then we might be willing to steer towards what is it, Negelsman or Negelsman from RB Leipzig, uh, uh, kind of a young up and coming coach. Um, uh, I might be convinced. I think he needs the season, like, and I think he probably is our best option for cup competitions, which is our best opportunity. But um, I'm start starting to I'm starting to steer away from him right now. Uh, the way things have been going. Uh, so, Lucas. Yeah. Uh, just last thought. My uh, my first thing I said where I was like, it doesn't matter who we put in manager. We're not good enough. But a point you just brought up was he th- you think that like we he's starting to lose the dressing room. Well, that's the point, is if we put in this new guy from Leipzig, what the hell is to say that he's not going to lose the dressing room? The players are the same. These are the same slags. We all love Mauricio Pochettino. I will sculpt the man's statue myself outside White Art Lane. But, like, Pochettino lost the dressing room of these same bums 18 months ago. And now Mourinho's lost them. What's the common denominator? It's these players. So what's to say in 12 months from now with a new manager that these same slags are going to be like, oh, we, this guy's lost the dressing room. It's like, yeah, it's the dressing room. We got to get new blood in here. We got to – I just – I don't feel like just bailing on the winningest manager of Europe is the answer right now. It's like let's let's actually address the problem, which is these players. But, again, I don't think we're going to do that because that's going to take a lot of money. So well, and, and, and it's, it's just me. That's just me blowing hot air. I don't think we're actually going to fix anything. It, it doesn't help us this season anyway. Um, no. This season was what we have to be worried about, whether, whether we can come out um, in a Champions League, Europa League spot, or or uh, maybe win a, win some silverware, even if it's just League Cup. Like We, we, we need to think about that at this point um, and what our best opportunity for it is. Um, I Sam, I think you wanted to make a point uh, before we kind of uh, go to MVP, LVP. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, no worries. Yeah, uh, I lost what I was thinking, but 
Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's go to MVP LVB then. Uh, so let's um, um, let's start with Kevin for MVP. Um, hmm. it's kind of hard. Uh, first half was so just like we are talking about West Ham, right? I forgot we've gone yeah. off on so many things. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for, you know the first half was just so like lackadaisical, not fun to watch. Um. Second half, I don't know. I guess I kind of want to give it to Gareth Bale because when he came on, that changed the game. Uh, it kind of feels weird to give it to him when he only plays half of half of a game. But, um, yeah, I think I'm going to give it to him. I think he gave us some options, gave us some creativity. I don't know if maybe some of the guys when he's on the pitch feel more confident. So they are like, all right, well, we got Gareth Bale with Harry and Son up here. Maybe we can score some goals. But whatever happened at halftime, he came on and everything changed. So I think I'm going to give it to Gareth Bale. Okay, good show. Uh, let's go to Sam next. I'm going to give it to, to Bale, too. I mean, the, the attitude definitely changed once he was on there. I mean, obviously there was the Lingard snafu at the beginning of the half. Uh, but but we were creating better chances with when he was on. And honestly, it we're we're not creating enough chances, so anytime we get a, a player who's going to create more, you know that definitely changes the game for us. Asking yeah. Bale, uh, Lucas. Yeah, mine is Bale. Uh, the uh, the ability to like play through balls and create what he did yesterday—it's just he makes it look so effortless. And the game absolutely flipped when he and Doherty came on. So Bale for sure for me. Yeah, that Bale Doherty change was uh um like i want to see more of bail now like i mean i i understand like at his age we can't play him like every match we can't play him like we use harry kane or or we've historically used son but i think we got to get more out of him at this point um if because we need creativity at this point and if we weren't weren't going to buy anybody in the winter window then we we've got to solve this problem internally and that's, I think, using Bale. It's using Deli Ali. It's uh, um, actually using uh, our right and left backs, and, and and not weird substitutions in those roles. Yeah. It's it's making smart coaching decisions. So yeah, um, how about LVP? Let's uh, let's start with Sam for LVP. I really want to give it to Sanchez. I really, really want to um, because. I know Lucas and Anthony, you know how I feel about Sanchez. I want him off the team as soon as humanly possible. But Sun was irrelevant for most of the game. Um, I'm not sure what what it was, but he he didn't have much impact on it and didn't look threatening quite often and wasn't didn't have many chances in the box. I, I got to give it to him. He's knackered. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He needs, a, he needs like three games off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lucas? Yeah, I was I was very, very close to giving it to Stun because there was probably a 70-minute window there where I forgot he was actually out there. But uh, I think, like, like just Kevin mentioned, he's got to be exhausted. There's no reason that he should play on Thursday. If he does, I'm going to be really disappointed. Um, but for me, it was Lamella. Um, I'm... I, I get that, like, we all have these jokes about, like, oh, when's Lamelo going to get his yellow card? But it's like, 
the shtick is getting old. And you're on a yellow in the first half because you slid through the back of someone. Again, like, it's just... Even though I think that Mourinho would have put Bale on for Lamella in that scenario anyway, um, it kind of forces the manager's hands when you're playing on a yellow after 30 minutes on a consistent basis. And it's like, you've been in the Premier League for like eight years or almost, yeah, like eight years now. It's like, he has to stop with this bullcrap. He was absolutely useless for us yesterday. Yeah. No, good shot there too. I didn't even think of him. But you make a good case there for Lamella. Uh, Kevin? Yep, Lamella's mine as well. The yellow card was just ridiculously dumb. Uh, and like Lucas said, it forced – we had – you. everybody knew he was coming off at halftime. Like, we said it in the pub, like, you have to take him off or he's getting sent off in the second half. Um, yeah, there were all, I think all three of our yellows were in the first half, and all of them were kind of dumb. Uh, I don't really remember Regions that well off the top of my head, but Hoiberg's was dumb, and Lamella's was just, like like Lucas said, he how does he not know that that's like, like, whether it was a yellow or not, he's getting a yellow for that because he's Eric Lamella. Like, you can't... It's his reputation. You can't argue yeah. with it. Yeah. I think Regulon was, was a little soft. That's why we don't remember it. Regulon's, like... no, Regulon's, Regulon's was very soft, but it was based on warnings. He had been warned oh, yeah, by the yeah, ref yeah, like yeah, three yeah. or four times. So it was like the fourth time he did it, even though it was soft. He's like, the ref's like, it's time. Here's your yellow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of where the situation was. But um, uh, I think I'm going to um, go with Sam and say, son, like, uh, I was just very disappointed. Like, we needed like a big match from son. Like, especially after we gave up the early goal, we need a son to come through, and I just didn't see that much out of, out of him. Um, and it took, like, a Gareth Bale coming on to 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 turn the game around and kind of uh, start to make chances, but it was too late. Um, so, yeah, son's my LVP as well. Um, well, um, any final thoughts before we go to half here, guys? I can't believe... We just didn't give an LVP to a defensive player. <laughs> I think it's just unwritten yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah, they're all shit, so we don't even we don't even consider them anymore. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it could easily be given to Sanchez for the, uh, for the first goal um, for just falling asleep, like Sun for uh, not marking a, a guy, just put, doing the minimal on defense on that first one. Though that's why I'm willing to go with Sun, but. Uh, great conversation in this first half. Uh, uh, we have a lot to talk about in the second half, too. we got a couple more questions, and we're going to preview Wolfsburger and Burnley coming up on the weekend. But first, we're going to go to Luke's Locks. The second week in Europa ties are always like my bread and butter. I love betting on those because that's where teams get a little bit more reckless. You know how the first leg, everyone's trying to feel themselves out and kind of see what they can do with getting a goal here or there. But it's like by the second leg, you're kind of, your hand is forced. So all four of my Luke's locks this week, all four of mine are Europa games. So I'm going to start, get this one in quick because we play Wednesday. I'm going to start with Spurs and Wolfsburg. The over-unders three, I'm going to say under. I think we actually just parked the bus and see this one out. So pick under three on Spurs-Wolfsburg. Other one, Ajax versus Lily. Is that how you pronounce that team's name? Well, I think, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Frenchies, right? 
Yeah, uh, definitely take the over two and a half on that one. Arsenal Benfica is the third one. I think that one's going to be over as well. Um, that's over two and a half if you can get that one locked in quick. And then the last one is I think you're going to have Napoli at home minus 0.5 goals to Granada. Napoli just lost 2-0 on the road. I think that I can't imagine them losing to Granada. I think Granada might go through if they can get an away goal, but definitely take Napoli on the 0.5 goals away, or excuse me, at home against Granada. And those are your four. Let's get some free money and let's go get rich. Sounds good. Well, thanks, Lucas. Um, So second half, uh, um, I want to start the conversation conversation we have a couple of questions from um um first one i'm going to go to is is from our own rick uh so rick uh asks us um so what's your opinion about the defensive teams getting good results it seems the premiership is going backwards in terms of technical ability and the, the way to win games in some managers' opinions, is to not worry about possession and just counterattack. Good examples of this are Brighton, Fulham, and Leeds, who actively try to win games but rarely get good results because of overly defensive opponents. Um, So so he's talking about teams that come after you but but aren't getting results because other teams are playing such a defensive style. So, uh, Kevin? Um, I think part of it has to do with the congested schedule, uh, due to COVID and everything. There's so many more games. Like, I mean, even the teams who aren't in European competition are playing, you know, sometimes two games in a week, uh, and debt and, you know, the games are more spread out for the premier league. So you have games, most weeks you have games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then those teams that are playing on Monday are then maybe playing on the Saturday. So, yeah, I, I know that's plenty of rest, but I think it is a bit of congestion is causing these teams that are much, they're organized defensively and they're able to keep that organization and, you know, playing against, you know, weakened sides who are, teams are having to rotate a little bit more uh, and then, you know, just having tired legs on the field as well. But I think it's harsh to include leads in that. I think, yeah, do they go crazy and try to score a bunch of goals? But I think they're very good at scoring a bunch of goals. I think they have a lot of really good players on that team. Um, Rafinha's been fantastic uh, in the Premier League this year. Uh, I think he's got, like, his ex- – I know a lot of people are going to scoff and whatever, but his XG and, like, uh, his uh, good uh, – big chances created are, like, some of the top in the league. Like, I don't think they're just, like – they're not doing, you know, they're not just counterattacking. You know, they have some good players that are, a, a, we counterattack, you know. Like, lots of teams counterattack. I think it's a good strategy, especially in this congested fixture. So, I don't think it's necessarily going backwards. I think it's adapt. Some teams are some teams are adapting to the situation that we're in. And other teams, yeah, maybe it's falling into their lap a little bit, but the way they do play kind of fits the congested schedules a bit. Um but I think a lot of the these teams are fun to watch. I've enjoyed, you know, you get to watch a lot more games uh, because they're spread out. So I'm seeing a lot more teams than I normally do. I'm not having to, like, pick which game at 10 o'clock I'm going to watch. Um, I, I mean, and there's still, like, the teams like City who are, like, 
the best teams in Europe and they're getting results. So I, you know, I think it's due to a few different things, but I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Lucas. Uh, I think it's, I think it's kind of, uh, it's hard to try and put our regular Premier League logic on the, what we're seeing this year. And I think Kevin just said the situation we're in. And I think that's something that we forget because our brains are telling us that, well, it's, it's Spurs versus Burnley. How can we not beat them? But it's like it's completely different. And this year we're seeing it time and time again. You see a team like Sheffield that was 20th go to a team at Old Trafford against United who's top of the league, and they had no hesitation about going and trying to give this team a game. In a regular year, you don't see a Sheffield in 20th go to Old Trafford with that swagger. And I think the no fans being in the stands is different. I think that's a massive thing. You see West Brom going to Man City and getting points. You see Burnley being the first team to beat Liverpool at Anfield in four years or some nonsense crazy stat. So I think it's, I think the things we're seeing this year are so irregular and it's one of the reasons, too, that I would very much like to see us try and survive and keep Jose if things can normal out. I don't want to do anything rash decision-wise when it could just be this is the craziest. I honestly feel comfortable saying that this is the craziest Premier League season I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I'm, in 29 years, I'm like, this is the craziest I've ever seen this league. The, the no fans impact is, like, I think we underrate sometimes because – we're happy to have it back and we watch it on TV and you have the fake crowd noise there that kind of like fools you for a little bit. But this is really vastly different than anything we've ever seen before. If you stop and think about it and, and that kind of explains some of the chaos that we've seen, like with, with teams that just like, uh, chug up out of nowhere, out of the the middle of the table to the top teams that are at the top of the table like us that drop to the middle like it's it's been total chaos and i think that is has a lot to do with the fact that this isn't a normal season there's no fans so yeah defensive teams rick uh i get it but um but i think this is just um something that teams are doing because they they're forced to play so many matches in such a short period of time without breaks. Um, it's a good strategy to keep yourself uh, uh, fit enough to, to play the next match is what it comes down to, especially with some of the middle-of-the-table teams that don't have rotation depth at all. Like, uh, we complain about our depth. Our de- like, we, we have more depth than, like, uh, the uh, the leads in Burnleys of the world or whatever. But, um but good, uh, good topic, Rick. I definitely appreciate that. Did you want to make a comment on that, Sam, before we go to the next topic? Uh, I agree with both um, Kevin and Lucas that, you know, it is a good mix of the, like, fixture congestion. Like, every team's basically almost playing like a European schedule almost now where they have a game in midweek, then a game over the weekend. And also, the fact that there aren't any fans there, it's, you know, if, if you've never had the chance to go to a Premier League game, it's amazing the way the crowd, particularly the home team, feeds off feed, feeds off the fans. Um, and I honestly don't think that we win 6-1 at Old Trafford earlier this year if the fans are there. But that's, I'm glad I was able to see that, but... 
and that that head that thought does pop in my head from time to time, but that's either neither here nor now. <laughs> yeah, no, that that that, that certainly changes things. Well, I want to go to the next one more question, and then we uh, will preview the two matches. So uh, we have a question from Shubes, and I apologize, Shubes. There's uh, we don't have an English book on the pod to answer this for you, um, but we'll do our best to to cover the question regardless. Um, uh, so Shubes asks us, um, club is returning to the toxic state it was when Sherwood was our manager. Uh, fan base is very divided. Um, one more for, for Joel and the English members. Is having a Marmite manager and CEO chairman ever a good thing? I don't know what that last bit really means because I'm very American, but um, I think that I don't think it's quite, I think it seems that toxic because of the amount of social media that's out there. You see these, you know, people want to get clicks and get likes and get retweets. So they say a lot of outlandish things and they take very uh, extreme views on things. And you see this not just in sports, but politics, TV shows, entertainment, like literally everything. So I think it feels a bit more toxic than it is. I do think there is a split, though, in our fan base. I think Shubes is right about that, of people who are behind Jose and people who are not. But I think most of the people who are not behind him were probably not behind him from the start. I think there are people starting to trickle that way, um, me being one of them. Um, I'm not fully Jose out. I've joke about it in the group chat and and the Chicago's first Facebook group. I always you know, I can posting Jose out uh, posts and stuff, but that's more just kind of for banter. Um, yeah, I I think yeah, I mean I think I think we're it's it's we're all very frustrated. And yeah. and not just in Spurs, but in our lives in general. We're most of us are still very much in quarantine type situations where we're not getting the social aspect. So it comes out on social media, you know, and it's just, this is something we can take our frustrations out on. Uh, and it kind of exacerbates the whole feeling of the frustration. So. Yeah. It, it, you're right about the division for certain, sure. Um, in the manager situation, like, I mean, like, uh, it, we're going to have to see where this goes. I mean, we might all be on board with uh, Jose out in four matches, but we also might be able to turn this around. So, Lucas? Well, I was hoping you'd come to me first, but it's uh, – so what I've always stood, like the Marmite situation, that – to me, I'm pretty sure that's the way I've always used the expression is it's polarizing. So, like, Marmite is, like, you either love him or hate him. Gotcha. Um, but I think – it's all kind of a matter of perspective to where we sit right now, where what was the one thing about Pochettino that drove us all mad? We didn't win trophies, but we are right now in position to win potentially two trophies. this year. So yeah, the, the style of play and the way things have been going are less than ideal, I'll say. But I think that if we can just kind of weather the storm a bit and maybe win a trophy, even if it is the league cup, beaten City, like, City probably wouldn't give two shits. It wouldn't mean anything to them. But to us, it could be the thing that launches us in the right direction. So I 
I definitely just hope we can weather this and Jose can turn it around a little bit for the next couple months and we can find a way to get some silverware and head back in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, that would be ideal. And and that's what leads me to want to stick with this direction. Um, because I do think he is the the right guy for winning these types of competitions. But but what we're seeing in the league right now is just so miserable that it's it's really tough to digest. Well, hell, look at Liverpool. Liverpool's just lost four straight at home. They say, yeah. uh, who was it? Who was it that scored? Uh, who was it that scored for us against Wickham? Or uh, it was against Marine. It was like we had. Uh, I think it was like Vinicius had more goals in 2021 in in uh, Merseyside than Liverpool does. Sanchez. Still, oh yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, Sanchez got two. Yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, that's who it was. I thought it was Vinicius. Yeah. Sanchez has more goals in Merseyside in 2021 than Liverpool does. <laughs> and so, yeah, like this is, like I said, this is the craziest Premier League year I've ever seen. And I hope we can just weather the storm until things start to normal out and then we can use Premier League logic again instead of, like, I don't know what to make of anything right now in terms of the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, it's, Sam, did you have a thought? Yeah, I mean, we just got to weather it out to see what what things turn like when the the game comes back to normal, whenever that may be, could be like, it's obviously not going to happen this season may not be until like December next season, but we've got to just wait and see how this all plays out. Cause we got to take in mind that, you know, Jose was high. We hired him in when was that October, or November of 2019. November. It was no patch November. Yeah. That's right. So so before before of his first summer transfer window at Spurs, COVID hits, which no one predicted. I think a lot of us would have thought that there and think I truly believe that there would have been a lot more activity during this past summer window and quite frankly better activity but we made do with what we had so and and plus you know we've got to think like in terms of getting our squad turned around we're also paying off the stadium debt as well so we just got to weather the storm and see what things look like on the other side and on a whole we did okay with our summer window compared to other teams i mean um We brought in Gareth Bale, which, if nothing else, is a great money move, but it's looking like he can actually provide something to us now. Reguilon, which is like a fantastic player, if we can, if he doesn't want to leave us by the end of the season, <laughs> um, like fantastic uh, deal for us as well, yeah. too. If he does leave, I mean, it's a yeah, great money. Get, but, yeah, but but then we're we have a huge left back problem again, and. Uh, but regardless, uh, Lucas. Uh, no, no, uh, no, no, no. Go ahead. We'll keep yeah, it moving. Well, but, okay, so let's let's move the conversation along to uh, uh, the previews. So we're going to uh, have two matches again this week. So we have the second leg of our Europa um, draw against uh, Wolfsburger AC. 
Um, this is the home leg. Now we already have the four one um, uh, uh, four away goals with the four like three three goal lead. Uh, this should be pretty routine. Uh, does anybody expect anything but like the 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 bottom of the table squad? Uh, like we don't want to see Sun. We don't want to see Harry Kane. Um, we want to see all the young players get a chance here. Um, this certainly should be Hart and uh, um, uh, Larice. Oh um, my god! Yeah, like correct, um, Lucas. Yeah, I think the most important things to take out of this game are player management and safety. Like, I just, I just don't want to see us have a guy like Son go out there and play. I think there are guys that need rest. And I think that I just I don't I and when I, I say safety I mean like let's try and stay injury free. I don't need to see guys sliding in. There's even if we lose this game three one, like we go through. So I think it's just I would like to see a good bit of rotation and I think we will. Uh but like I'd like to see Vinicius get the start. Uh I don't think we should see Kane out there. Obviously have Kane on the bench in case there's a must crazy scenario where we need him, but I would like to see Sun not playing, and I think that it would be another great Sissoko Winks day for me. Wouldn't mind seeing them back out there. Yeah, and and Wolfsburger has, like, a big league matchup. Like, the, like they're, they're currently sitting in fifth place in the Austrian Bundesliga, and, and they're playing um, Sturm Graz, the the fifth place, te- uh, I'm sorry, they're for saying in fifth place, they're, they're playing the fourth place team on the weekend. So, like, I don't think they even care about this match anymore. They have no hope of going through. Um, I think we could play whoever we want to play and, and still come out of this with a 1-1 draw or a 2-1 draw and go through. Like, we don't have to really worry about this. Um, I, I think... Lucas, a quick point then, Kevin. Yeah, just I was going to say what uh, you had just mentioned, Strum Grass, whatever the hell that is. I think that's a team. They just played them at the weekend. And I think that's it was, a team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't follow these nonsense leagues. But they had SK, SK Strum Grass. They played them this weekend, and they got a red card. Strum Grass got a red card in 35th minute, and it was 1-1, and it took Wolfsburg till the 90th minute to get the winner, and they won 2-1. So if they're playing against a 10-man Strumgrass for 60 minutes and they can only get one goal, I'm like, I think we should be okay in London putting out whoever we want to put out. Yeah. yeah. Um, we play Wednesday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday uh, are our next four matches. So this is definitely one we need to see some rotation in, especially with you know the three league games are Burnley, Fulham, and Palace. Like, those are, like, three games we just have to win. Um, I mean, Fulham's playing a little bit better, but, I mean, they're still in the relegation zone. Palace just somehow stole a game from, uh, was it Brighton? Bright. Yeah, it's Brighton. Like, zero corners? How is that even possible? How how do you score two goals in a game and have zero corners? I have no clue. Uh, and, you know, Burnley is, like, coming up with some results against teams, but then also looking really shitty against others. Um, so I, I don't want to say put out like a full youth squad because it's still, we need to make sure 
like one goal probably does it right like there's no way we give up four right um so i don't know uh i'd like to see you know delhi should start um get him minutes um let him kind of be maybe a leader out there and give give him some confidence and then get ready you know get out of this like uh lucas said healthy no injuries and then be ready for burnley sunday afternoon in london and morning here yeah this might be a good youth player opportunity like to especially if we get a couple goals and then just like throw on the uh like the the, the same guys that we were playing for um marine you know like uh j- just like give minutes out, give free minutes out it's uh especially with the extra subs um lucas a quick point before we go to yeah. prediction you just touched on it. I was going to say when Kevin had mentioned, like, the, he doesn't think we're going to throw out a youth squad. I think he's absolutely right because we didn't throw out a youth squad against Marine. <laughs> we played Marine and we started our, like, second rotated squad. We're not going to be throwing out some crazy lineup or anything like that. But I think your point is great, too, where this would be a great opportunity. If it's like nil nil at half, that would be a great opportunity to start putting on some subs that could get some guys young kids experience, stuff like that. I don't think we'll see it from the start, but I think it definitely presents itself as an opportunity to plug guys in as subs, get them some run out in Europe. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go to predictions on this, and we'll start with Sam for predictions. Um, I think uh, it's going to be 2-1 us. I don't see it. I don't see them scoring many goals. Quite frankly, if we're playing a rotated squad, I don't see us scoring many goals in, per, in particular with both Winks and Sissoko in the midfield. Um, I'll give one to Vinicius and then um, one later in the game to to Dane Scarlett. Okay. So, sounds good. Uh, let's go to Kevin next. Uh, I'm going to say 3-0. Um, I think they come in defeated and don't think they have much of a shot. Don't have the heart in it. Um did I say three? All right, so we'll go Delhi, Bale, and Ben Davies is going to score a goal. Oh, legend! Because wow. this is his. This is the legends level right here. This what? is this is where he can really excel. <laughs> okay, we'll take uh, we'll take the legend for one in this one. Uh, uh, Lucas, uh, I had two now. Uh, one to Vinicius and one to Delhi. I like it. Um, I'm going to say 3-1. I think they do get one. I'm going to say a goal for Vinicius. I'm going to say Bergbein gets uh, gets the play here because uh, he hasn't been getting the playing time lately. Um, And he finally gets a goal. Um, And then I will say the third one comes from Delhi. I think uh, uh, Delhi deserves some more minutes, and I think... he could certainly score against this team. Um, well, let's move the conversation along. We have a second game to preview, and we are running long on the episode. So, um, uh, Us so running this, long? No. Nah. <laughs> so we take, this weekend we take on Burnley at home uh, this Sunday, February 28th. That's an 8 a.m. match here in Chicago. They currently sit 15th place in the league with uh, 28 points. That's seven wins, seven draws, and 11 losses. Most recently, they had a 0-0 draw to West Brom at home this Saturday um, on, on the weekend. 
Uh, prior to that, they drew Fulham. They beat Palace. They lost to Burnley in the FA Cup. And then they drew Brighton. Uh, so they've kind of had a, a relatively easier schedule. Um, upcoming after us, they play Arsenal at home on Saturday, March 6th. Um, so I guess a team that falls in similar parts of the table as us. Um, uh, their top goal scorer right now is Chris Wood with four, Ashley Barnes with three. Um Top assist guy is Dwight McNeil with three. Uh, Westwood and Rodriguez have uh, two behind him. Uh, Nick Pope is the top-rated player with 6.85. Ben Mee is behind him with 6.84, and Westwood has 6.82 behind him. Last five times that we faced Burnley has been kind of a bit up and down. Uh, We beat them in October uh, 1-0. We drew them in March, uh, March... 2020, uh, 1-1. Uh, we beat them 5-0 in December 2019. I think we'll remember that exciting matchup. And then uh, February 2019, we lost uh, 2-1, and we beat them 1-0 in December 2018, going back that far. Um, so uh, kind of like uh, up and down results with Burnley. They they can kind of uh, um, throw a crimp in our plan sometimes. Uh, um despite what their performance level looks like. Uh, but what do you guys think on this one, uh, Lucas? I think, I think I've, uh, I've been talking about like how crazy of a year this Premier League season is. And I think there's not a team that embodies that more than either Palace or Burnley. Those two teams, like it wouldn't surprise me if Burnley showed up and beat us by five or we beat them by five. Like it just, Burnley is so bipolar this year. And I think that, the number one thing I'm going to look for in this game is Harry Kane. Uh, since Kane's been back, we had he came back against West Brom, and we all thought it was we were all shocked that he was back so soon. He had a goal there, uh, but since then, it's like he's had City. Nothing really was going for us that game. He didn't play in the Europa game, nor will I expect him to play in the Europa game on Thursday. So, taking in yesterday against West Ham, he didn't get a goal there. I think Harry Kane's going to be just jonesing for a goal or two. Um, so this is a game I expect to just see Harry Kane take over and us put a couple in. And we've talked about the Mourinho thing, like his job, the rumors of his job being on the line. Like I think there's going to be some pressure for us to go forward and start trying to throw in some goals. And if we go toe-to-toe with Burnley and try and throw in as many as we can, they're not going to be able to throw in as many as we can. So I think Harry Kane's the guy to watch, obviously, but I think he's going to have a big day. Yeah, I, I like that uh, show. Uh, Kevin? Yeah, um, I think it's funny that their top goal scorer is Chris Wood with four goals. Because we have yeah. Harry and Son who have 13 each. <laughs> Son um, scored, scored four goals in one game against Southampton. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, it's just so wild to me. Um, but, yeah, they're Burnley. That Sean Deitch, uh Great, great manager. I mean, he's done a lot of, you know, with basically nothing. Um, he's built a team that is always organized, doesn't give up a whole lot of goals normally. Um, you know, there's the rare occasion that they will have one. Uh, but, you know, I, it's it's going to be a game where we're going to have to figure, figure out a way to score. I know that sounds like so Madden-esque, like, 
the offense needs to score more points than the other team, and then they're going to win the game. But, like, that's really what this game, I feel like, comes down to. It's just, like, can we figure out how to break them down and score a couple goals? Yeah, I like you said, it's a goal a game for Harry Kane, and I agree. Like, I think we need Harry Kane to step up, and Harry Kane is capable of breaking down teams in this way. But I also think this might be a game for Gareth Bale. I mean, I I think the improvements that we've seen over the last few matches, like uh, the creativity that we're completely lacking in the attacking band right now, like uh, we have Sun the speedster and we have Kane that kind of does it all that has to do it all because nobody else is doing anything. Um, I think Gareth Bale could be that piece that we need in a match against Burnley that is kind of uh, well organized. Um, to to be able to find that creative goal, break them down once, and then um, then maybe do it again, um, or at least put us in the position where we're controlling the game for a change instead of giving up the early goal and then chasing the game. Uh, Lucas, uh, yeah, I think another thing is that we're at home. Um, I think we've we've definitely been able to get the better at Burnley on a consistent basis in North London, or at least in London, because I mean we got them. With, Wembley there but I think we've we've had a good track record lately of being able to get the better of them when we're at home uh like the last time they actually gave us a proper game in London was when they were at Wembley and had Joe Hart as their keeper (laughs) so I think that uh the fact that we're at home uh will I I think we're going to turn them over yeah uh Sam yeah I I just think um that you know, we need to break them down. Like Kevin said, this is a game for Harry Kane. And like what you said, Anthony, also a game for Gareth Bale. We have to have creative options in this game. Burnley are well-organized. Um, if it comes to, if it comes down to being like a staring eye contest, which typically is with Burnley, um, when, when we're there, then, then more power to them. It's it's going to be a rough game for us. Yeah, and the, the the home part is what that could benefit us. But again, the no crowds that we talked about earlier, uh, Lucas. Yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, I think the the point that Sam touched on there that they're very defensively organized. This is like Burnley's probably going to be looking for a point out of this game. Uh, I think that. If we can get, if we can find a way, that's why he had mentioned like the bail, good game for bail. Same thing with Delhi. Like this could be one of those games where we need a guy that can think outside the box and try and get the ball in the box. No pun intended. But I think it's it's going to be a way of trying to crack them because once you crack a team like Burnley, that's how that game opens into it goes from one nil to five nil pretty quick against a team like Burnley because they don't have that ability to try and break you down. They're going to lump it up to Chris Wood. They're going to skip the midfield, and they're going to play the way that they always play. And I think to us, it stands the best chance is if we could crack them down early, we could turn that into an absolute slaughter. Yeah, no, I think that's that's probably a good place to wrap up this just this uh, game preview. And let's go to uh, predictions. Uh, let's start with Kevin first. Ah, uh, I'm going to say one nil to the Tottenham. Uh, with, uh, I think Harry Kane gets the goal. Probably okay. late. I think it's I think it's nil nil most of the game, and then we get one late. 
Okay, that would be tough to watch, but uh, I'd be happy with the result. Um, uh, Lucas? Uh, I had 3 now, and Kane scores a brace, and Bale gets one. Okay. Well, that, well, that would be a little bit more comfortable. Uh, Sam, what do you have? Um, I'm going to go 2-1. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily trust us to really roll over teams at this point nor do I trust the, our defense to keep a clean sheet. So it's going to be 2-1. I'm going to give one to Ndombele, and I'm going to give one to Bale. Okay, I like that. Um, I think you're right about 2-1. I'm going to uh, say 2-1 as well. I'm going to give a goal to Harry Kane and a goal to Bale. I, I, I think I think those are the two guys for this match that that we need to break this team down. Um I think uh, we're not going to be able to keep them off the board just because our defense is that leaky and it's going to make one stupid mistake at some point. So, um, but, but we need to get the early goal and then maybe the late goal to kind of uh, push us over the top after we make our stupid mistake to, to, to get the win um, is what, what it's going to take with a 2-1 victory. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up the podcast? Well, excellent conversation tonight. I definitely appreciate you guys being on. Thanks, Lucas, Kevin, and Sam. Uh, but that about wraps us up. So thanks to Tommy for editing and sound tonight, Charlie for the music, Kevin for social media, uh, Lucas for Luke's Locks, uh, Kimberly for the logo, and the Atlantic Bar and Grill for having a place to watch. Uh, it was great to see you guys this weekend. Uh, find our merchandise at Big Head Media if it's up there right now. We're, we're working on that. Uh, hit the subscribe button and rate us review on iTunes if you like our podcast, or give us a review wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Four Star Spurs and our website at fourstarspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs.